Such a love I can't escape For your nearness I am hoping For your nearness, Lord, I long Have no need of any other I have found where I belong Yes, I have found where I belong. So draw me nearer, Lord. Never let me go closer to your heart. Draw me
Exodus chapter 14, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Piharoth, between Migdal and, and the sea, over against Belzephon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this that we have let Israel... Go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and the horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Piharoth before Belzephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? It is not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Dear Lord, give me the words that I'm supposed to speak this morning. Dear Lord, give me uh, the attention to this passage that I need. Give the people here this morning the open hearts to receive it. Dear Lord, just forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. As I look at this passage, I see a few things about moving forward. Faith is a progression. One act of faith does not mean that you've been faithful. It has been said that even though you're on the right track, if you sit there, you'll get run over. That's very true. A lot of people have done faithful things, but if we sit there, we're not moving forward for the Lord. We're not serving Him like we ought to. You can look at the ministries of the apostles. They were constantly doing something for the Lord. They were making a move for God. In Exodus 14, I see a few things here, but the first thing I want to look at this morning is a potential obstacle in our faith. A selfish fear. You say, where do you see that? I see a selfish fear in this. They told Moses then that we should die in the wilderness. 
They told Moses, are, are you really going to bring us out here to make us die? We could have died right there in Egypt. But why bring us out here? They were worried about their self. They, they were worried about the situation they were in, the obstacle that they were facing. This obstacle is just a stereotypical action of man. We ask ourselves, how much is this going to cost? My time, my finances, what about my life? And there are examples throughout the Bible of people who have pursued God and overcome these obstacles. At first thought, my mind goes to Esther. In Esther 4, in verse 16, she, she looks at her uncle Mordecai and says, If I perish, I perish. See, Esther knew that, that it wasn't just about her situation. It was about the situation of all of Israel. And she was willing to serve the king, the true king, the Lord Most High in her situation. And she was willing to get past the thought that I could be killed. And she said, if I perish, I perish. I'm going to do the Lord's will. She was no longer considering the cost and how it would affect her, but realizing the responsibility that she had to God. I think about David against Goliath. He didn't question his life. Rather, he asked, is there not a cause? When we focus on what the good Lord has laid on our hearts to do, we see a bigger picture. It's not just about me and what I can accomplish, but it's about what God can accomplish through my actions. The other potential obstacle here is a fear of having to do something. You say, well, isn't that kind of the same thing? It is. You notice the Israelites' immediate response was, let's just die right here in the, minute, in the wilderness. They didn't ask Moses, hey, let, can we go fight? They didn't ask Moses, uh, do you think we could swim across the Red Sea? They didn't ask Moses, Moses if he even had a plan. Their immediate response was defeat. They simply accepted the thought, you brought us out here to die. As Christians, if we want to move forward, we cannot sit back and not lean on the Lord. There will be obstacles from time to time. Jesus did not call His disciples out to say, let's go down Simple Street. He called them out and said, let me make you fishers of men. And I've thought about that analogy so much here lately. You know, for me, fishing's not always easy. Now, Mr. Norvely... This doesn't apply, Mr. Johnny. This doesn't apply, Ben. Just hush. Alright? But these men will tell you, in fishing, you have to change from time to time. You have to change your depth. You have to change your position, where you're fishing at. You have to change your bait, even though it may not be red and chartreuse. 
Why? Because that's just part of the game. That's a part of the art. And I believe when Jesus is calling his disciples, these men knew that this was their this was their occupation. This is what they did for a living. And I think what God said is, look, this is going to be work. This is going to be trying at times. But I need you to come out and follow me. And Jesus also told those same disciples, when you follow me, you can come unto me and I'll give you rest. You can bring your problems to me and I will make it easy. That's what he said. It took energy and it took patience to be the disciples that Jesus called. And many Christians have the, if it looks like work, I'll give up attitude. Jesus never never gave up on me. As he bore that cross going to a hill called Calvary. He, he, he bore that cross. They were whipping Him. They were spitting on Him. And He kept going because He had the end in mind. The atonement for my sins. And as we move forward for Him, we must not forget what He did for us. The solution for these fears and these doubts seem to be the same. Isn't that what God wants from us anyways, to rely on Him? And that leads us to the next part. If you'll look at verse 13 and 14, look at Moses' response. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today. For the for the Lord, for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. You see, Moses puts the Israelites in this place and says, You watch the salvation of the Lord. I love that. Because whenever I'm in the middle of despair, whenever I'm in the middle of my circumstance and my obstacle, I need to go back to salvation. I need to go back and see what all the Lord has done for me. You may think some of those things I told you this morning are silly about how the Lord's opened these doors. But let me tell you, that's what I've got to go back to. Every time the Lord has opened a door, every time the Lord is blessed, I need to go back to that and remember that He worked through this obstacle and I know He can work through this one. When Jesus saved my soul, it was the biggest obstacle in my life. I was a depraved sinner. I had no hope in saving myself. But I know a man who came 2,000 years ago and hung himself on the cross to take care of that problem. And if that's the biggest problem overshadowing my life, he can take care of every other problem ahead. We need to remember that the Lord is working with us and for his people. You see, Moses reminded him, the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Over in Romans, 
I find an interesting chapter. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 says this, What shall then we... What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can stand who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I love that. doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what... We are going through as God's elect, as His saints. We can always look to Him to fight for us. And listen, He puts this reminder in here to tell us that whenever we think we're unloved, whenever we think we're unworthy of His blessing, there is nothing in this world or out of this world. He says principalities and powers that can separate us from His love. That's beautiful this morning. We need to remember that God is working for us. We need to listen to the Lord's direction. If you look at verse 15 and 16, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Forward, not backwards. He says go forward. Even Paul tells uh, us to work towards a goal. Let our goal be the direction that the Lord leads. I, I think about this as the Israelites come up to this water. And the, and the Egyptians are following behind. And they see this water out there and they think, what are we going to do? There's this big sea right here in front of us. I've been there. Haven't you? In life, when we come up to it and we look at it and we say, what are we going to do? There's nothing I can do to get across this. And we need to realize that it's not just about what we can do. Now, I intentionally didn't tell you the price of that land earlier. Because it's big. 
It may be the cheapest that we've found, but it's still a big price. And I have to remind myself daily that it's not just about what we can do, but it's what God can do. And what looks like a sea in front of us may be an opportunity to see water stand on end. And as I come up to those seas in my life, it is always important that we heed to God's plan. God told the Israelites, this is what you do. And when they did it, they got to see Him work. Look at verse 22. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and their left. They got to see God work. I love it. Brother Josh pointed this out the other day as we were sitting in the office. From the moment Promised Land voted to send me as your missionary, God's blessed this church. From that moment, He has sparked something. And when we put our faith in God, and we follow after His leading, guess what? We get to sit back and watch Him work. We get back to see Him fight for us. We get to see Him work in our midst. And let's do that. That's the best way to move forward is follow after His leading and sit back and watch Him work. But there's not just this hope of seeing God work that motivates us to move forward. I want to show you the motivation that we have to move forward. If you will, look at verse 4 of our text. It says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians, listen to this, that the Egyptians may know that I am Lord. And they did so. People realizing who God is is our motivation to move forward. I want people to know who God is. I want them to know what He did for me. And at the end of each step of faith I take, I can look back and say, that's my motivation, is to see people know God. At the end of every step we take, I believe we can look back and see lives influenced, souls saved, commitments made, and let me tell you, that's worth it. To have the opportunity to see God work in mighty ways, that's worth it. I look at the Israelites. That day was a day they never forgot. When they walked across the Red Sea on dry ground, of course, they never forgot it because it was written down in His Word. They made a monument about it. And I want to ask us this question I asked us six years ago. Is the work our church doing today worth being remembered? 
Are we taking the steps of faith needed and allowing God to work enough that we see spectacular things happen? There have been times that God has worked in this church and I look back and I say, wow, that was God. And that motivates me day to day to move forward. So we're left with the choice. Will we move forward in faith? As I go through the scripture, I see this caused the very first song to happen. They walked across on dry land. They looked back and they began to praise God for what He'd done. They were filled with joy to the point they began to sing. This is the first time in Scripture that we see a song. And at the, every time we move forward in faith, I think the Lord gives us a reason to sing. He sees, He gives us a reason to rejoice because of His goodness and His mercy. Rip, I need you to do something for me. The praise song that we sang today. Can you put the chorus up here? How great. Go to how great. It may not be the chorus. I don't know. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see. How great. How great is our God. That's that story right there. If the Israelites would have remembered as they walked up to the sea, how great is our God. They'd have known that He could have got them across. The Egyptians, if they'd have known how great our God was, they'd have never pursued. But at the end of the day, they did know. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, and you don't know Jesus and how great our God is. There's coming a day you will know. And you'll experience death just like those Egyptians experienced it. And go to a place of torment called hell. Because you didn't realize this side of eternity. How good God was. If you're here this morning and you need to know Jesus as your Savior, please come. If you're here this morning and, and you need to step forward in faith, knowing that He can handle it, whatever the circumstance, you have that opportunity this morning. As Miss Dina plays, Brother Josh is going to come forward. And I would ask that you respond as you need to.